Would soy boys ever have discovered the new world? Or do you need someone who's a high testosterone explorer and seafarer like Christopher Columbus? Libby Edmonds sits down with me for a discussion about the truth about Columbus Day. Stay tuned. But first, I want to remind you guys, America Fest tickets are now on sale. Go to amfest.com, use promo code POSO, see myself, Charlie Kirk, Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon, Candace Owens, and everyone else. When you go to America Fest, it's going to be the place to be in the world of the new right, the front lines of the revolution against the left. Amfest.com slash POSO this December, Phoenix, Arizona. There's an entire new economy being created right now, filled with patriotic companies that have had enough of cancel culture and the left. One you can support every day, and all you have to do is get dressed. Now I'm talking about Undertack boxers. They are my personal favorite boxers. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made, I gotta tell you, probably because they've literally been tested by special forces operators. They're made with high quality material that's antimicrobial, anti-pilling, and moisture wicking, so you stay fresh and dry all day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable waistband that doesn't crack or loosen. Undertack is durable, ultralight, and shrink resistant. And here's the best part. They are almost 30% less than the woke designer brands. You know, they're non-binary models. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com right now. When you buy three, get one free, but only with promo code POSO, P-O-S-O. Support a great American company that's pro-America, pro-2A, and pro-military. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com. Promo code POSO. Link in the bio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's very special edition of Human Events Daily. Tonight, we are going to tell the truth about Christopher Columbus, a man who's been attacked, defiled, reviled, statues toppled across the United States, Italian-Americans in South Philly and other cities fighting to defend those statues, defend their heritage, Christians asking, why should we destroy this man? who more than any other single single person played a, the most significant role in the discovery and the founding of America. And it's true, by the way, everything I've just said is true. You take away Christopher Columbus and there is no America, period, end of story. You take away Christopher Columbus, the thread to the founding fathers does not exist. And of course we all understand that that's what they want. That's exactly what they want. And so to help me get into all of this, because we are going to get into all of this, I thought who better than to join me on this is an Italian herself, by the way, the great Libby Emmons, the editor in chief of the Post Millennial. Libby, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jack. Glad to be here. <laughs> so why do they hate Columbus so much? Right? Why are we told that? And, and if I remember correctly, there's there's some municipalities and areas in the United States where it's not even called Columbus Day anymore. It's been completely canceled and they call it Indigenous Peoples Day. They're calling it uh, Italian Heritage Day, all this different stuff. Why have they targeted Columbus so directly like this? Where is this coming from? They have so many reasons that they want to target Columbus, not the least of which is that they want us to hate ourselves and they want us to hate our nation. Uh, but they target Columbus because he was a white man who took it upon himself to sail across the sea 
in an attempt to spread Christianity and find a way for Europe to trade with the Far East without having to cross the Middle East, which was uh, rather treacherous since the Islamic um, groups there were trying to invade Europe and uh, kill everyone who tried to get to China. So yeah, so they hate Columbus, white man, Christian, uh, came to the new world. They like to say that you can't discover something that was already here. And they make the claim that he intentionally destroyed native populations who were innocent and harmless and doing nothing but dancing among the uh, the flowers and frolicking in the waves. Well, right. And I, I think there's a lot to to focus on there because I remember and, and just going back a few years. So when I was in grade school in the 90s. And we had the 500th anniversary of 1492, so 1992, and it was a huge deal. And none of this was mm -hmm. around. It was, we're celebrating Columbus. We were so excited. This was the man who you celebrate the, just like Magellan, by the way, who circumnavigated the globe, right? He didn't have GPS. He, he was using right. star chart. Um, they were, and, and, and prayer, right? Because they had no idea. Mm -hmm. He had no idea how far the ocean was. Obviously, he didn't realize that North America and South America would be here. Ended up in the Caribbean. No, didn't even know it was and here. Yeah. Had no clue how far it would be. He estimated based on just these, you know, you go through some of the old research uh, that there's, you know, there were bodies that would wash up in certain places that, you know, didn't appear to be African or European. They weren't really sure what was going on. Um, there were, you know, pot pottery and different pieces that they would collect on various islands, like in the Canary Islands, for example. And so they had mm -hmm. they had this idea that there was something to uh, something to the West, but they weren't entirely sure what that was. And Columbus originally and to your point. So at this at this point in time, it was the caliphate. The caliphate mm -hmm. and the Ottomans have now basically swept all of the Middle East. They've taken it over. They've shut down the overland trade routes or made mm -hmm. it so incredibly impossible uh, to traverse for any of the European empires. Uh, this is the previous Silk Road that and obviously very hostile towards Christians in general. You also have um, only a few years prior to 1492 what the fall of Constantinople. So the fall mm -hmm. of Constantinople plays in a huge part into Columbus's prayers um, for Christians across all of Europe. And one of the things that actually everyone knows he eventually made it, he's Italian, of course, but he wasn't flying under the flag of Italy. He was flying under the flag of Spain because he went to the two Catholic monarchs, Ferdinand and Isabella. And one of the specific things that he mentioned was, I want to go find gold because I want to uh, finance, use this gold to finance a new crusade to liberate the church of the holy sepulcher in jerusalem and so religion actually does play a major part not only in his interest in wanting to sail but also in the ideas that led to them actually funding the entire thing so right and of course none of this is to you know and, and of course people are saying oh you're just you know you're apologist you're apologist you're this or that you say no, no no we're not apologists we're explaining we're giving context right. this was five hundred years ago. You can't take today's context and today's world and apply all of our same knowledge and understanding to the world of 500 years ago. And more to the point, he didn't have GPS. He didn't have maps that said, hey, follow this right. way over. He had no clue what was there. 
he did that. And the people will talk about, oh, well, the Vikings had had their, you know, their settlement and um, uh, Vinland and this and that. Okay, yeah, but that was wiped out hundreds of years before this and nobody knew about it. So they kind of kept it themselves. So when we talk about discovery, we mean discovery in the sense of this is what brought uh, Western civilization to the American continent, which is just a fact. Right. Yeah. And I love that you're mentioning navigation. I find the way that he navigated to the new world to be absolutely amazing. They had a compass that they used. They had an astrolabe, which uh, Columbus didn't really know how to use. They had a quadrant, which was somewhat useful. Uh, but mostly the way that they navigated was through something called dead reckoning. And that's when you know where you were and you drop a piece of flotsam over the side of the ship. You gauge how fast your ship is going by how fast that little piece of stuff floats by two marks that are uh, notched on the ship. And then you make a new judgment as to where you are after that. So it's it's pretty amazing that they managed to get across the ocean at all with this insane method of, uh, of figuring out where they were. Columbus wasn't great at celestial navigation. I understand that he studied it, but um, this was the method that they relied on. Well, that's true. And, and actually the fact that Columbus was kind of an amateur, he's a, you know, an autodictat would be the, the proper mm -hmm. term, just self-taught, not a professional sailor, uh, certainly not a member of any of the navies. And this was something, by the way, speaking of which, um, the, in the current United States Navy, they're actually starting to teach celestial navigation again, because they've realized that we've completely become reliant on GPS for, um, for surface transit. And then noticing that, Hey, by the way, this, the CCP and, and the Russians and, and numerous other, uh, potential adversaries have the ability to take out our GPS or neutralize our ability to connect to GPS. We could be dead in the water. And we've right. forgotten how to do celestial navigation. We've forgotten how to do uh, dead reckoning. We've forgotten so many different things. Now, believe it or not, in the submarine service, that's it. There, there is still a little bit more of that going on. Obviously, you can't use uh, celestial navigation, but you also right. can't use GPS when you're underwater because uh, radio does not travel underwater. It does at very low frequencies. And um, and so you are still doing a much more rudimentary form of navigation when you're underwater like that. And so in the submarine corps, we do have some of this. But for our surface corps, it's something that's coming back because we've recognized this as a Navy, that this is a strategic vulnerability, that if we find ourselves in one of these conflicts, we have to be able to do this stuff. Well, here's Columbus, by the way. And so to give everyone an understanding, no one had ever done this before at all. Right. People said he was crazy. Nobody wanted mm -hmm. to fund this. They thought it was nuts. And the idea that not only that he did he not know how far it would be, he had to estimate what their food stores needed to be. That's why, of course, they carry three ships, because they didn't know how long or how big that ocean was, how long the voyage would be. And his crew almost mutinied against him. Right, he had to by, talk them out of it. <laughs> and he, well, he made up, and it's it's this incredible moment in his journey, his uh, journals, where he says that he gave them three days, and the same three days that we find in the New Testament in the Gospels. That if if we do not have land sighted on the third day, then we will turn back. And he made this bargain with the crew because they were ready to throw him overboard. And lo and behold, he did discover land on that third day by the grace of God. Yeah, and he was praying about it, too. And I think uh, we were talking about this before. He was saying that they could do whatever they wanted with him if they didn't if they didn't find land. 
Um, I find it really inspiring too that he thought that it was his responsibility and his mission to spread Christianity. I think that's something that we forget now um, in our hatred of ourselves and uh, in, in our sort of um, overwhelming displeasure with Christianity that we feel in our in our mainstream culture these days. We forget that it is it is it behooves Christians to spread Christianity around the globe. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with spreading the word of God. No, and eventually we will into space one day. The cathedrals of Mars will be glorious. The moon as well, the lunar cathedrals. <laughs> Look, we've got about a minute left in the segment, but before we go, I, I found out something on Twitter recently that when, I, when I said, you know that the District of Columbia is named after Columbus. There were people who don't actually know that. There were people who don't know it. So the District of Columbia is based on Columbus. The country was almost given the name Columbia. Uh, British Columbia is based on Columbus. The country of Columbia in South America is named after Columbus. And they'll say, no, 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 no. It's based off of this goddess and her name was Columbia. Yes, but her name was based on Christopher Columbus. That's where it all comes from, <laughs> right? This this wasn't some like ancient Greek goddess or something. Right. No, it's kind of like Britannia in, uh, in Britain. So this idea that the founding fathers would never have revered Columbus, I say, are you kidding? Our found, our national city, the District of Columbus, D.C., is named after Christopher Columbus, Columbia University. I mean, you go down the list. And so just just a little bit of a throw out to folks who I didn't even realize that that needed to be said. But apparently education has gotten so bad in this country that people don't even know it anymore. So hold on, Libby. We've got 30 seconds. We're going into the break. But when we come back, I want to get into these the so-called atrocities of Columbus and the investigations of Columbus, the arrest of Columbus, and find out what was really going on with all that, who led those investigations, who wrote those reports, and reveal the fact that it was actually Columbus's main political rival within the Imperial Spanish that wrote all that. Stay tuned. If you wanna know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you and your family, even your business. They offer the same great nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to PatriotMobile.com POSO and get free activation with promo code POSO. Special discounts available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com POSO. PatriotMobile.com POSO. Link in the bio. And we're back sitting down with Libby Emmons and we're telling the truth about Christopher Columbus. I want to restore Columbus Day in America. But one of the first things that will happen whenever you talk about Columbus, they'll say, what about the atrocities? What about the cutting off of hands, the slavery, the, the horrifying acts? Uh, he was even arrested. He was thrown into jail. He was deposed. He was sent back to Spain in chains. Uh, you know, we've heard these stories over and over again. Well, here's the problem with that. And there was a document that was found in 2006 that everybody will refer back to. You'll see it in The Guardian. You'll see it everywhere. It's always this one that was the secret document that proves what was going on with Columbus. Well, here's the problem with that. That document was written by Francisco de Bobadilla. This is the Bobadilla dossier on Columbus, very similar <laughs> to the Steele dossier on Trump, if you think of it that way. And, and here's what happens. This guy 
was, now keep in mind, Columbus, Italian. Bobadilla, Spanish. All the soldiers, Spanish. They didn't like the fact that Columbus was the governor, that Columbus was in charge. Columbus had been given this remit by the king and queen. And so they said, well, we're going to launch investigations into Columbus. We are going to write reports on Columbus. And you know what? We think we need to arrest Columbus. We need to send Columbus back. And you know, the only person who can really be in charge here in Hispaniola is me, Francisco de Bobadilla, because I'm not like Columbus. So all I would say is to anybody who's reading this document and using this one document as the, you know, the end all be all with Columbus, just understand the provenance of that document is about as good as the Steele dossier that we saw in 2016, or possibly worse, because of course there was no way really to corroborate anything that was going on. Remember, this is 500 years ago and the king and queen are kind of wondering, hey, you know, we sent this guy over. Why are you, why did you arrest him? And he said, oh no, it's all above board. Look what he was doing. And uh, Columbus actually wrote in one of his final letters, and I'm, I'm going to read it here. The letter was called uh, Letera Rarissima. And he wrote, let those who are fond of blaming and finding fault while they sit safely at home ask, why did you do not do thus and so? I wish they were on that voyage. I well believe that another voyage of a different kind awaits them or our faith is not. In other words, to hell with them. So Columbus's point was, <laughs> look, I was the one who went and did all this stuff too. And then you guys come in and you, you depose me, you, you arrest me, you imprison me and all these different things. Well, you would never have had any of that if it wasn't for me undertaking the voyage. Brother, he never, he almost didn't even make it back. Could you imagine if he mm -hmm. had, um, if he had crashed on the way back, which they almost did. And it was only because of their navigation and their prowess that they were able to survive and make it back with all of this information. We, none of ours would be here today. The United States would not be here today. Somebody may have found it later, but who right. knows what the actual history would have been. But Libby, I wanted to talk about something else. And this is the fact that, of course, when we hear about Columbus, it's not just about the Bobadilla dossier, right? It's also because of the genocide and the atrocities and warfare. Because uh, to your point, um, in, you know, they say the Native Americans, both in North and South America, were just frolicking and, and living freely with nature. We've all seen Pocahontas. Is that really what it was like in the old world before the arrival of the white man? No, you will be shocked to learn that the <clears throat> ancient indigenous people were very much human beings, just like the rest of us, uh, prey to all kinds of bad ideas. The Taino people um, who inhabited the Bahamas were slaveholders as well. They, they participated in slavery prior to the arrival of Columbus. They had forced labor as well. They were burning down forests to uh, create the ability to, to grow food and things like that. So no, they were not just living in harmony with nature. It was a survival of the fittest, just like it is in all of the other time periods, except perhaps now when uh, we have masses of luxury in this country for pretty much everybody, um, at least on a certain level. So no, it was not like that at all. This is a, an infantilizing idea that the ancients were not um, engaged in warfare, were not engaged in cruelty. Uh, we've seen also across the world, indigenous ancient peoples who engaged in intensive barbarisms, murders, child sacrifices, eating babies, all of these kinds of things that we've seen. And there's, you know, 
saying that the these ancient people did nothing but live in some sort of perfect utopia is not only a lie, but it also defames their memory. Um, you know, these were human beings. We're the all one, very similar. So, so people, I think, I think people generally have heard of the child sacrifices that went on in the Aztec Empire that went on. I mean, I mean, imagine what Cortez found when he arrived in Mexico. And by the way, there's a reason that so many of the other tribes of Mexico joined with the Spanish to fight against the Aztecs and to overthrow them because they were sick of having to sacrifice their firstborn children to these right. pagan gods. They didn't want to do that. The Aztecs were forcing them to do that because they had subjugated them through military conquest. Uh, military mm -hmm. conquest was the point of the ancient world for thousands right. of years. Um, and that's certainly time, true of the natives on these islands as well. They were engaged in warfare with each other. Precisely. On the islands, the tribal warfare is certainly not something that was uh, absent from the ancient world. It was the ancient world. And mm -hmm. when you talk about it, the one that I always get into and I think is such an, a fascinating uh, rabbit hole that people don't even know that it wasn't just the Incas and the Aztecs, the Peruvians. It was you can go to the Mississippians, East St. Mm -hmm. Louis, right on the banks of the Mississippi River, just across from St. Louis and Missouri. There is an there's an area called Cahokia and Cahokia was in 1000 A.D. a city of something like 35000 people. So that's a, a Native American city that was larger than London, larger than Paris at the same time. And if you go there to this day, right in Illinois, you can go to Mound 72, which used to be part of a, a, um, a system of pyramids. It was a complex of pyramids. And they practiced ritualistic infant murder, child murder, all the way up to teenage girls that they thought that they had to kill in service to their pagan gods so that they would have uh, plentiful crops, plentiful harvest. This was going on within the confines of the present day United States of America in ancient times. Uh, that's, and we have evidence of this going on just a few hundred years before Columbus arrives in the new world, which became the new world. And so for folks trying to think that, you know, this, this sort of stuff only happened with the arrival of the Europeans is ridiculous. And the other one they get into, of course, is the, um, well, the old world, the old world diseases, uh, malaria, mm -hmm. smallpox. Well, that's right. There were, there was disease in the ancient world. The bubonic plague um, and the Black Death had just wiped out something like 50% of Europe's population because when it swept in yeah, from, from China, it was, it was absolutely devastating. And that's as horrible as it is. I, I don't think that it was, you know, certainly not intentional in any way. No, I, of course it wasn't intentional. The diseases were not intentional. Europeans suffered from diseases as well. And I think also when you think about the ideas that Columbus was trying to spread, among them were, were the story of Abraham and Isaac and God making the covenant with Abraham saying that we don't need to do child sacrifice anymore. That's not going to be part of our religion anymore, um, which is such a beautiful and outstanding story uh, in the Old Testament. And that's part of our Christian faith. We do not have to sacrifice our children on the altar to any God um, and not to the, you know, not to our God for sure. He doesn't want that. And it's, that's been very clear. When I talk to my son and we're coming up in New York on uh, Italian heritage and indigenous people's day, and he's been learning about Columbus in the lead up to that. And we were talking about it this morning on the way to school. And I said, you know, uh, the people in the Bahamas, they practiced slavery before 
Columbus got there and he said, really, they didn't tell me about that. And we started talking all through it as I so frequently go through his lessons with him and give him <laughs> the reality of what's going on because he's not getting that in school, certainly um, in his social studies classes. Um, and he said to me, mom, why is it always Christianity? Why are they always coming after Christianity? And we talked about that. And it really does seem like there's an undercurrent in American education to tell children not to be proud of our nation, but to hate it, not to be proud of themselves and their history, but to hate it and to overturn all of the legends and replace them with complete untruths, like this idea that the native peoples were you know, living in a utopic, idyllic time and place, and it's just not true. And so when we think about what they're telling our kids, when we think about that they're telling them Columbus was just pure evil, they're also very clearly telling them lies to cover that up. Um, and the, what they're, the legends that they are replacing Columbus with are, are lies, they're, they're not true. And I think we need to recognize that, you know, Christianity is not the enemy here. Christianity is the foundation of Western civilization, uh, which is a beautiful and glorious thing. Right. And 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 that's something we're, we've got about two minutes left, Libby, and we're, we're here with Libby Emmons from the post-millennial. And this is something I've said at the last Turning Point event. I said it um, at the Great Reese event. I, I'm not apologizing for Western civilization anymore. Do not. Like, show Do not show me the civilization that has never uh, gone through challenges and struggles and had its ups and downs, right? It, it doesn't exist. And it, it'd be ridiculous to judge something based on that because guess what? We've all got problems we, because man is fallen. Mm -hmm. Man does have a sinful nature and it's our goal in this life to actualize ourselves while rising above that as Thomas Aquinas writes. And so this idea that we should be constantly apologizing, falling over ourselves. No, it's we, we're in the place we are now. We've been put here mm -hmm. for a reason. Our goal is what can we do to make our lives better, to try to help others as best as possible? That's it. That's all we can do. And you have yep. this revolutionary cabal that is trying to overthrow all of that so that they can take total power. Libby, one minute left. Give me your final thoughts and then give me your coordinates for the, for the audience back home. Uh, final thoughts. My final thoughts are that Columbus is not as bad as he was made out to be that it is uh, perfectly good and right that we should celebrate the legends and stories of our founding in all of their glory while recognizing some of the failures. And I think that that's perfectly acceptable. I don't think any culture in the face of the world does a better job of acknowledging its failures than ours does. And we need to remember to celebrate our triumphs and our glories as well. I'm at Libby Emmons on Twitter and I'm up at the Post Millennial every day. Remember Columbus, the seafarer, the explorer, the discoverer. I'm Jack Posobiec. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.